What's up, guys? I want to welcome everybody out to Laidlaw's Harley-Davidson podcast. And we got a really awesome guest on the show today. He flew all the way in from Australia to be with us today. So we're here with Danny Hayes, a.k.a. the Million Dollar Bogan. Danny, thanks for being here, my friend. Hi, Matt. Hi, guys. It's so exciting to be here. It's a little bit surreal because I've watched so many of these and I'm actually sitting in this seat. So it's, it's awesome. It's great. I've watched a bunch of your, your videos. Um, you've watched maybe one of my videos. That's okay. Um, but, you know. Maybe one. We're, we're a big fan, and um, yeah, we're going to get into it. I'm really excited that we're doing this podcast finally. I'm finally get to meet you and talk to you. Let's start off, Danny. Let's talk a little bit about when did you first start getting into writing and everything? That's usually the question that I pose first. Like, what, what started your love for two wheels? I think, look, as a kid, I always wanted a mini bike. Parents couldn't afford one. I just remember riding a bike for the first time, and just that, just probably why riders ride, just that freedom the air on your face, all the senses all the senses are alive. But mainly it's just that it's a changing landscape as you keep riding and riding. Everything's changing and moving. But as it's evolved, riding for me today really is about it takes me out of my head into the now. Because you know, as a bike rider, it's how am I going to take this corner? You you're looking at the corner, the road service, the temperature, there's a million things going on all at once. So it's sort of evolved into that now where it's, for me, it's total escape from, from what's going on in my life and it puts me in the now yeah. because in the now, you don't have any problems right now. Like, see, right here, right now, this moment, we're all good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. It's when we leave here and I go, shit, I've spent <laughs> so much money in the US. Oh my, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. so. So it's your escape, both physically and also mentally. You know, you're mentally immersed into the art and, and the practice of riding motorcycles and, yeah, it's just like your escape, and I, I, that's what it does for me, too. I think that it does, that's what it does for a lot of people, too. Um, and I guess, not to be rude, but we've also got you know my co-host here, Andrew. We've also got Stefan, who flew in from Germany. So we got two guys that flew in from different <laughs> continents that are here with us as well. So thanks for being here as well, as well guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. Of course. Danny, let's start off, too, with a little bit about, you know, we're going to start from the beginning here. So growing up, you, you were born and raised in Australia, I take it? No, in England, and my parents oh, okay. immigrated to Australia when I was five okay. to give us kids a better life. So, yeah. So talk a little bit about your childhood and everything. Um, look, I guess come from very humble beginnings and it's it's always, I'm not one of these guys that have become successful in life and I get to talk about, you know, I've come from humble beginnings. It's the truth. My mum was a process worker. She worked at a chicken factory. I didn't know my mum couldn't read or write until I was 14. Um, we lived in a caravan for a year. Um, my dad was a, a, a fitter and turner and um, – yeah, I was the sort of guy that grew up saving up to buy a magazine and I used to play a game with motorbikes. I'd, I'd, I'd buy a motorbike magazine and say, if I had $10,000, what motorbike would I buy from this page, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, no, no money. Always felt like I was the poor kid at school, you know? I always wanted a pair of Nikes um, and I just thought if I could just be the cool kid, if I could just have Nikes, you know? So I never felt enough, I guess, as a kid because I felt that I was from a poorer family. Yeah. Yeah, we were talking, we just went to In-N-Out Burger, by the way. So, you know, people that come from out of the country, I always have to introduce them to the SoCal favorite In-N-Out Burger. Eating In-N-Out with Danny. What's the first impressions on In-N-Out, Danny? You know what? I love the sugar in it. The sugar's just spot on. There's so much. Just like licking a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first time I've ever gotten that response. That was good, though. I like that. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Yeah. All right. 
Right. <laughs> Better be. He does now because before, yeah, before yeah, he it was good, right? The best burger I've ever had in my life because these guys basically threatened me before for not <laughs> yeah. saying otherwise. We, we, I was, we bullied you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We bullied you. Because you can't be too truthful around here. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. everybody's carrying a gun. <laughs> Everyone's packing heat, and some of the guys that met me today actually were packing heat. And if you don't know what these, they were carrying a gun. <laughs> that was very cool, by the way. So Danny had a meet and greet here in the front of, of our, the dealership here at Laidlaws, and a lot of people traveled. You know, yeah. some of them several hours to be here to meet yeah. you. And four people turned up. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you to those four people that came all that way. Well, I think the video will say otherwise. But um, yeah, that, that's cool. You do that, and, and you're you're traveling around. And we're going to get into some of those you know travels here really really soon. So. Um, and we talked a little bit about at in and out your first bike. So talk a little bit about your first bike and how it's evolved since then. My first bike was an 883. Um, I bought it when I was 31. I'd just gone into real estate. I never knew I was a salesperson. Um, and I bought it and it was awesome. I had my first Harley Davidson. And um, from there I sort of, I didn't have my license. I'm going to say this. I didn't have my license for about seven years and I was riding. And um When I started going to dealers and buying them, I just used to have to buy them outright because unless you've got insurance and show you your license, you know, you look, Matt, you can edit this out. I'm probably being too honest. But I didn't have my license for a number of years. But, uh, yeah, I sort of – 883 was my first bike. And then Fat Boys, I went through a stage of um, V-Rods. I customised a few V-Rods. You know, we've all owned the the 1200 Sporties. They're sort of the staple. You've got to own those. But eventually I've gotten more into the Tourers and – you know, currently I have the, the Road King, which I love. I've got my new CVO uh, Road Glide, um, and I've just bought a um, an old chopper, a, a Panhead, um, nice. which is a custom bike. Nice. So I've got the three bikes at the moment. Very cool. So you said you mentioned real estate, and I think a lot of people that follow you for a long time know that you're into the real estate thing. Yep. Um, just real quick, talk about how real estate all of a sudden turned into – I know you still are involved in that, but I, mean, I guess just comment on your career in real estate real quick. I went from earning about sixty grand, fifty five thousand dollars a year Australian to earning, you know, eventually more than what a brain surgeon earns, a lot of money, sort of overnight, within two to three, four years. I went from driving a Hyundai, within three years I was driving a brand new Porsche Kuro convertible, my wife in a brand new Range Rover. It d- didn't bring me happiness, let's just say that. Yeah. So... Yeah, real estate definitely transformed my life. I actually wrote a book about it. Um, It's called Say You Want to Be a Real Estate Superstar. What I am is I'm taking the piss, I'm taking the mickey out of, so do you really want to be successful and do you really think money brings happiness? Because my journey has been one that, although it's nice to have money, it definitely hasn't brought me happiness. Um, Interesting. So, okay, this is interesting. So you were... You bought your Harleys basically with um, the money you earned in real estate and everything, and mm. then your passion just picked up from there. And then you just decided to, you know, moto vlog all of a sudden. Before you answer that question, real quick, the first video I saw of yours, I was just searching YouTube. I watch YouTube all the time, and I see this guy riding to the Himalayas on my Iron Eight Eighty Three. I was like, "You bet, I'm clicking on this." So mm. I started watching you. That was the first time I saw you, and I was like, my first impression was like this guy's really riding the Himalayas. Like, like this is crazy. And he's on an, he's on an iron 883. He's this white Australian guy, you know, riding, <laughs> he doesn't speak the language. And I'm just like, dude, this guy has some balls. Like this guy is sending it, you know, he is going for it. So, um, sorry, I covered a lot there, but yeah, I guess how, how did, uh, how did, what, what was the transition? What made you start to vlog on a Harley? What happened was I was trying to grow a YouTube channel through real estate. Now, as you know, Matt, there's things called trending topics. 
Harley Davidson is a trending topic around the world. It's massive. Okay, it's a not only are we bike riders, it's a culture that goes with it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to grow this this vlog through my real estate. No one's real estate's not sexy. So w- one day I thought I would ride my Road King with stock ties to the tip of Australia. Now I never I never made it, but I rode it and I vlogged it and I uploaded it on YouTube. And instead of getting one and two thousand views, I was getting ten and twenty thousand views, and it clicked. It clicked Harley Davidson. And then, I, th- then my next vlog was I thought, well, let's just take it up a notch, quite a dramatic notch. I thought, why don't I just fly to India and try and ride to Mount Everest? I thought that's the most craziest thing. <laughs> like yeah. with no planning. No, it wasn't like I had anything, a combination booked or I just knew that you had to go east and head to Nepal and then make a beeline towards Everest. And I thought I'll film that. And I did that. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And I just <laughs> put it this way. I didn't – on the rental Harley – my deposit I left, I didn't get it back. <laughs> I said to him, dude, there's a couple of pieces of your bike, a few thousand k's that way. Go get it. It's on the side of the road. It fell off. Yeah. But I just want to say this, and, you know, I'm not sponsored by Harley. I don't, I don't get anything for saying this. But that bike, if you watch that vlog, that 883 was tortured. I rode yeah. it up a river. The GoPro never ever shows the incline. This was a steep river. That was butchered and brutalised, dropped, and you just – Day after day, uh, for 21 days, most of it on dirt and on rocks. And you know what? It never missed a beat. It never missed a beat. That's the truth, swear to God. That's awesome. Well, I think those Evo motors in the sporties, oh. they're kind of legendary for just taking a beating and, and keep on running. But, um, yeah, I'm, and just like going into those hotels and things like that, like <laughs> when I saw you and you're freezing cold and you're riding this 883 and you know these weird remote places and stuff, and I just I was like, wow, you know, I'm – I subscribed to you immediately. I was like, I got to see what this guy's doing. So that was kind of like your second, like official Correct. long ride. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the first one was in Australia. Let's talk about some of your other like epic journeys. Uh, I've seen you riding through Australia. Talk a little bit about like riding in Australia. What is the riding like in Australia? Australia is vast. Yeah. <laughs> I love that word. Vast it means big. <laughs> um, it's hot. It's dusty. There's lots of dirt roads and you can easily die because it does get very hot. My last trip to the Kimberleys with Veronica um, was extremely hot. Um, but I deliberately picked times of years to ride where you shouldn't ride. So when I rode to the tip of Australia with David Parry and Veronica, um, that's called the wet season um, and you can have torrential – in fact, when the rain did catch up to me and David Parry on the way home – it washed the road away. We had to fly back. So we Dang. dodged and ducked and weaved. So I guess being a YouTuber, I'm looking for content. And in Australia, it is so vast and everything. Like when we dro- rode to that media site, that crater, you know, that was, you know, four, yeah, four or five hours on the dirt, um, corrugated road, um, sand traps, you know, that's where – I love how people give you advice. Oh, you should, you should ride your Harley. You need to put the power down to ride th- and lift the front up. Dude, this is a 400-kilo bike. You're not going to get the power down. <laughs> so, you know, it's like, yeah, you drop it a few times. You've got to pick it up. And someone said to me recently, I think yesterday, Matt, they said, you know, how do you pick it up? It's like, well, if you don't – and I know this sounds dramatic. If you don't pick it up, you're going to die because yeah. you've got to get out of there because yeah. it's hot. You're yeah. talking 105, 110 degrees Fahrenheit, and you've only got so much water. Um, well, some of these places that you are, you're super remote. It's like no one is anybody even riding by you in some of these places. Like you're the only one out there. I've been accused of having a, a crew. It's <laughs> 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 hilarious. <laughs> oh, he has a crew, you know, and, and there's people filming. It's just garbage. No, it's just yeah. – but that's what makes it exciting, Matt. That's what I'm looking for. That's what true adventure is. And I say to your viewers or your listening uh, – to your listeners, stop planning everything so much – 
and be spontaneous. They're my greatest adventures where they've just happened off the cuff. I didn't. You go, oh my god, I didn't expect that. And for me, that's what life is. It's it's being spontaneous and having an adventure because we all have a number above our head that's counting down to when we're going to die. Yeah. And we, we don't know what that number is. I know I've buried my younger brother. I've recently buried my dad. I've had, like we have, we've all had close friends that have, you know, passed away, whether it be through, you know, health issues or mental health issues or whatever. Like life is just a blink. And so I'm all about living it hard. And if not touch wood, if I was to, you know, end up dying on a bike or whatever, I reckon people say that guy lived hard. He lived life to the max. And I think that's, I'm lucky I get that. Because some people are so busy planning their whole life and playing it safe that all they're ever doing is sitting on the couch, eating potato chips, watching Netflix. I reckon go and make Netflix. Stop watching it, you know? I love it. That's a quote, man. I'm going to put that up on the wall behind you. (laughs) (laughs) Stop watching Netflix, actually make it. Um, And I would agree with that. I think you are living life to the fullest. I mean, you're you're definitely going for it. Um, So... I know a lot of people talk about that. They talk about, you know, going out there and making memories and doing things and living spontaneously. And I know that's a popular thing to say, but a lot of these people that say that don't necessarily back it up. They like um, the idea of it. Mm. Yeah, you're like you're like the picture of you in the dictionary when people look up, you know, more spontaneity. Than, more than like the T-shirt that's has it written on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that merch idea, man. Put your yeah. face on it and put uh, like... Be spontaneous. Or, or, or make, make Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> But um, you, you mentioned we were downstairs talking about, you know, a moment when you were in uh, the base of Mount Everest and you were on your back looking up, pitch black. Oh, yeah. Talk about that moment because I think those moments, like you said, you can't really plan for those. They just they happen when you put yourself in the right circumstances. Yeah. It, oh, just quickly, I was in the Himalayas. It was like day 20, um, lost um, on a road thinking it's taking me to Everest. And I remember it was black, black, and there was no one around and – I had no hotel, no accommodation. It was like one degree. I was freezing cold. And, you know, pulling over, putting my hands on the motor to keep my fingers warm. And I remember looking up thinking, wow, look at all the stars. They're so bright and they're so big. And then I realised, it dawned on me that they weren't stars. They were actually small villages high up, so high up. And they were fires all around me. (laughs) And, and, And it dawned on me that I'm in the Himalayas and these mountains are massive. And I just realised I was this little pinprick at the bottom of a mountain and they weren't stars. I was actually in a, wow. what's it called, like a valley of yeah. thinking there are stars all around me because it was so black. It was just one of those moments, a pinch me moment where, you know, th- that's what an adventure is about, I think, you know. Yeah, and very few people will probably ever experience that. That's very cool. Um, let's talk a little bit about, too, your your monkey ride for charity, the, the Movember and um, that was a series that I didn't get to see. Um, I guess I missed that one. Yep. But, um, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Um, and, you, you, I'm going to be unsubscribing as a result of that, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I could have lied and said that I watched it. But, um, but yeah, talk a little bit about that and, and what, what uh, little, inspired that. Very quickly, little Honda monkey bike, Geelong Harley-Davidson paid half. And a company that I employ paid half of the motorbike. I said, you guys buy the bike and I'll do the ride. And I decided to ride from Melbourne to Perth, which is right across Australia, 4,500 kilometres, um, and back non-stop. How many miles is that? Well, it's 9,000 k's all up, so probably five or 6,000 miles. Okay. Uh, more, more, yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, close, close to 6,000. Okay. Yep. Not too familiar with the metric system. So yeah, me neither. I just cut it in half, whatever you say. Remember you're talking to Americans here. Yeah. And because a friend of mine at the time had suicide and his family and kids were grieving, um, 
as I did a vlog, I made it about Shane and I would insert little clips of, I interviewed his wife prior to doing the ride and I'd insert her trauma of what they were going through and tears and what Shane was going through before he, he took his own life. And so I intertwined that in each vlog and at the end of each vlog I'd say, you can donate to Movember now, you know, to men's mental health. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it raised over 100 I ended up finishing the ride and then I auctioned off the monkey bike, which tipped us over $103,000 in about 12, 13 days. That's Um, awesome, man. And there were donations from all around the world that were watched. It was just amazing. So you don't have to just grow your YouTube channel just for yourself and own ego, although it was all about me. (laughs) 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 Just being honest. (laughs) But, um, yeah, it was was a torturous ride. It was torturous. I mean, sitting on a little monkey bike was torturous. I mean, what's the top speed on one of those things? Well, well, I got it to 137 kilometres an hour. Okay. That was going downhill behind a truck, and it was suck. In fact, it nearly sucked me into the truck. Um, <laughs> but we did work the. It's like a, a tiny, ninety cc mode. I don't know, but we worked at it. One twenty five, I think. One twenty five, yeah. but they're, we. They're small. It, it was pretty small. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Kudos, man. That's that's very cool and for a great cause too. You mentioned your home dealer, Geelong. Geelong. Geelong, 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 Harley Davidson. That's cool. Um, how did you? I've seen them in, in your interactions with them in a lot of your vlogs. How did you grow that relationship? Just a good customer, you dumping a bunch of money over there, or like you just? Uh, no, I feel like you guys are like buddies with them. Um, they're good people. Um, I've known Andrea. Andrea was married and her husband passed away suddenly. I think maybe ten years ago, and then Colin married Andrea, and um, I'm close with Colin and Andrea. I would probably call them personal friends. Um, but yeah, I think that. I don't. I know nothing about the engineering side, the mechanical side of Harley Davidsons. I'm learning, but Colin loves to take the piss out of me in that regard. So we have a lot of fun with it, yeah. and we bounce off each other. Um, we've got in trouble as a result of that. We've taken it probably a little bit too far sometimes. <laughs> and um, Colin's very old school, and he's not exactly politically correct, um, and I'm not exactly politically correct either. So us together can sometimes <laughs> cause a bit of chaos, but. They're good people and, you know, that I mean, that, look, they let me film there. Um, I test ride bikes there and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm giving their dealership exposure, which is the world we live in today. Um, Absolutely. But that's what you need. You need exposure. Yeah. Well, you know, we are in, in the motorcycle industry and this is Harley-Davidson after all. You know, it's a, a company and, and an image that was built on rebellion and, and buck the system and things like that. So. You know, I think a, a comment oh. that may not be politically correct is, is okay once in a while. It's going to happen with the crowd that Harley-Davidson you know, attracts to it. Yeah. I'll take my glasses off for this one. I just want to respond to that, Matt. Okay. That's so true what you said, and I sometimes think – here we go. We, let, let's drum this up a the bit. The glasses later. are off, guys. The glasses are off. Let's, <laughs> just, let's just talk about what Harley-Davidson used to be. Right? <laughs> I remember an ad. It said, we don't follow the status quo. We are the misfits. We wear black. Yep. You know, verbatim. By the way, I remember that commercial. Yeah, it's a cool commercial, and that—that that is who I am. I didn't fit in in school. I'm a misfit. I, I don't follow the status quo, and I love that about Harley Davidson. Um, and I'll just say this: I think I don't want to open up Pandora's box too much, Matt. But, <laughs> okay. but I just think this: if you try to be all things to all people, you're going to end up being not much to a whole lot of people. I agree. And, and sometimes I just wonder – now, listen, it's easy to be a, an armchair critic of Harley-Davidson. Like any company, my company, it's easy to pull it apart. I'm, I don't want to do that, and I don't want to do that in my vlogs either. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, the essence 
in my opinion, of a Harley Davidson rider is is someone that it's 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 core. It is it is that it's it's like you're part of the team, a culture, a club. It's deep seated in in not following the status quo. I think it doesn't mean Absolutely. lawyers and doctors and things can't ride either, but we all have a part of us, Matt, yep. that really just wants to say "fuck you" sometimes and get on your bike and ride. Absolutely, and I, I think that is the essence. You know, I don't know how many times I'm stormed out of my house after fighting with with my ex ex wife now or girlfriend or whatever, and got on my bike and ridden, and I've ridden it out. Yeah, and you know, it's just it's just how it is, and I think, you know, I just hope that. You know, this trying to be all things to all people all the time. I tell you, I, I don't know a lot of right things, but that me- methodology is flawed because yeah. you end up diluting something really powerful. And the brand Harley Davidson is incredibly powerful. Yes, it, it is. saves people's lives. And I know that sounds a bit full on, but it saved my life, the motorbike itself, by riding. You know what I'm saying? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like a lot of guys, I suffer badly from clinical depression. Um, and, and when you're riding, recently in the United Kingdom, I was in Scotland riding the, the Apple Cross Pass, one-handed on an 883 chopper with no mirrors, no indicators, no speedo, no fuel gauge, no odometer. It was raining. I've got these vintage ties on it. <laughs> the, the, the tank was half hanging off, right? Trust me. <laughs> You're no longer depressed. You are close to death. Oh, there was cliffs all around me. I was riding one-handed filming with the GoPro. Guess what? No more depression. Instant cure. <laughs> yeah. That wow. saves lives. So I say Harley, Dave, for me, and that's my brand, it saves people's lives. And I reckon people at the top, they've got to get that big time. So, you know, look, I understand that – sorry, I know I'm waffling on here, but – but I love this saying. People say if you don't like change, you don't like extinction even less. I understand Harley Davidson have, have got to change and keep moving with the times, but they've got to remember who their core riders are, and a lot of them are men, not all men. Just my opinion that, that do have mental health issues or struggle. One in four in Australia. Um, it's say they need to ride. They need to ride. It's important. Well said, my friend. In fact, I got a little bit teary-eyed when you were saying that just because I believe in it so much. Um, and that and the moment you were talking about going on your chopper uh, <laughs> down in England with raining and everything, I just remember the moment where you have your GoPro. You're like, I don't know where I'm going. My <laughs> GPS is like my battery's dead on my phone. I have no idea where I'm going. I, I was I was watching that video in my bed before I was going to sleep one night, and I was laughing. And my wife was like, what are you watching? I'm watching this crazy ass giant. He doesn't. He's on some rinky dink weird ass bike in the middle of the UK. He doesn't know where he is. All he knows is he's got one hand on the throttle and one hand on a GoPro, and he's just going for it. So Matt, I just want to clear one thing up too. We've got to give Stefan some airtime here. The poor guy's sitting over here. <laughs> I was supposed to sit okay. in the corner, so well, at I least they made it up to the table. Lucky, yeah, he's lucky he has a microphone. Actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Is anyone thirsty? <laughs> Guys, this is happening because of Stefan. Oh, I know, Stefan. <laughs> Stefan. Yeah, actually, that's a really good point. Okay, back um, in the corner. Back in the corner. No, no, no. no that's <laughs> actually, Stefan brought us together, yeah. so everything is due to Stefan. And we're going to get to the suspension in just a minute, yeah. uh, too, because he just installed new suspension on Gang's bike. King. But, but yeah, go, go ahead with that thought as we were going. What, 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 can we were talking me? about you in the UK, and I had just talked about you in the rain, not knowing where you were going, GoPro in one hand, throttle in the oh. other hand. And just oh, oh, I just want to say this to the viewers and the listeners of this. If one more person says to me, why would you 
hire that bucket of shit, I just want to clear something up. I didn't hire it. The guy was selling it. I could have gone to a rental agency and hired a new street glide or a road glide or whatever. You know what? That's boring. Oh, actually, yeah. I should have got a GS1200 BMW. Yeah, of course. Because I've never heard that before. You're on the wrong bike, Danny. Really? Am I? <laughs> Thanks for that. I thought they sold me a f***ing Pan America. <laughs> oh, the Road King's not a Pan America? Really? Anyway, the reason I picked that bike was because, one, is it's a hardtail. I thought it would be – I didn't realise it was like a Barbie version of a chopper, right? I didn't realise how little it was, right? <laughs> when In the pictures, I looked a lot bigger, yeah. yeah. When I saw it, it's like this is kitty size. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I picked it because it was a hardtail and it was going to be brutal riding. And I thought from a cinematic point of view now, – now, my vlogs, they're not just about, you know, perseverance and determination and you can do it. it I also want to – I like cinematography. So a chopper, and I think the, the footage speaks for itself, that some of the footage I've captured, um, it looks good on with the long rake, the, the, the wheel out the front, and that's why I deliberately picked it. It would have been boring on a, you know, just seeing the dials of a street glide or a road glide, boring. Some of I those agree. shots where the handlebars are in like this, and I'm just shooting straight through the handlebars, they're, it's, they're magic. I, I, don't, that, that's, I just think they are. I, I agree with you 100%. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a million videos of guys on a GS, you know, riding yeah. through the nice groomed uh, fire roads or out on a long trip. And, you know, they're a dime a dozen. But <clears throat> guys that just come from a different country, go in there, rent a bike from a guy with a big beard. I watched the whole thing. You go in this guy's like little shed of a custom <laughs> shop and this huge guy, which I don't know how he rides that bike, by the way, because that guy looked looked very massive. Um, and it's just like, yeah. And you said, was it safe? And the guy's like, yeah, it's safe, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. Like, is it going to break? Is it reliable? Well, it's like, it doesn't, but yeah. it electrocutes you. <laughs> Apart from being electrocuted, I've never been electrocuted while riding before. That's a first. It's awesome in the rain. <laughs> Yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I was like, wow, this guy, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you do it for the content. You know, it, it gets, it's a lot more entertaining than getting the right bike for the circumstances, right? And I, Matt, I want, I want tough. I want it to be hard. I yeah. want to, you know, I want it to be brutal. I want, I want it to be, when that thing was breaking down in peak hour traffic, in the rain, you know, four degrees, and I'm having to run and push start. It was in, one. It was embarrassing. After a while, I get over the embarrassment. It's like you'd walk up to someone and go, "Excuse me, can you give me a push?" Like after day three, it's like you, you, and you push. Okay, set your shit down. Push me down the hill. I just ripped my headphones off. I love it, man. Hang on. After day three, after day three, you've got. Not hanging out your nose, your gloves are free. You, you, you're full of water. You're just soaking wet. You're lost. You don't know where you. Yeah. Your phone's. My phone was filled with. My goggles were filled with water. I was like in a goldfish bowl. It's like just, just guys, just push. Yeah, let's just get out of here. And I used to say thank you, and at the end I'd just be like, see ya, <laughs> like done. This, this, I'm not asking you. This isn't a request. I'm demanding yeah. you get right there yeah. and you push me. Yeah, you get over the embarrassment. The funniest thing though was, can I just say this? If no one's watched it, was when I pulled up at this five star hotel, my first hotel, like day one on the chopper. <laughs> such a such a pro. This five-star hotel, I'm on this loud chopper. I'm doing a couple of laps at the car park to let everyone I'm here to know I'm here. Like the Harley, Mr. Harley Davidson <laughs> has arrived in England. Get yeah. out of my way. And I pull up right out the front. I know all these people are looking at me, but I don't look at them because, you know, it's like I'm here. Yeah. And I thought I kicked the stand out and it was oh. still up. And I just let that. And I just <laughs> fell. The whole bike fell on me. I didn't even get one leg out. So my whole leg's got just lying there. And at First that timer. point... 
Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to die. I just wanted someone. I just wanted to go unconscious, but it didn't happen. <laughs> all the doormen rang out, and all these kids. Oh, you poor guy! And they picked it up. It was just, you know. Well, you could have edited it out, and you didn't. You put and it in there, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I could have, and I, I refuse to edit stuff out because people say to me, "Oh, you know, you're an asshole. You know, you should speak to David Parry like that, or Veronica, or whatever." I'm trying to show in my vlog humanity. I'm trying to show we live in a world, right? Side story. Let's Instagram filters. I, it's what we're saying is we're not good enough the way you are. You've got to change you perception. So, yeah, in my vlog, I'm trying to say, you know what? I, you guys have been on road trips. How stressful is it hanging out with mates? As if you're filming and a mate will just be watching you, like, do you want to hold the camera for a bit? Do you want to go get me a coffee? Do you want to help out? Do you want to? do something yeah. because I'm filming here. I've got the drone up. I've got a GoPro in one hand. I'm trying to ride a motorbike and I've got the drone controller between my legs. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. it's like and you're in the middle of nowhere too. And like you don't, yeah, yeah. it's very stressful. Yeah. And yours I'm sure is way more stressful than what I do. Yeah, It's hot. You're lost. You're running low on fuel. Like you crack this, you, you lose it. Yeah. And so yeah. I want to capture that humanity because the world we live in, it's all about being perfect and we're not yeah. perfect. Yeah. It, and it's okay to be imperfect. And that's sort of what I want to – that's why I showcase, yeah, you know what, I pulled up at this hotel and <laughs> dropped the Harley Davidson on myself <laughs> after being running around the UK like the greatest motor vlogger of all time. It's like day one, dropped the bike on myself. Nice. Nice. I just kind of want to touch back. You said you took you got your first bike when you said you were 31. Correct. How long after that until you took that first trip out to uh, – uh, the end of Australia or like how much writing experience did you have before you started doing all these gnarly trips? I, I would have had a bit, I'd had bikes on and off, but that was my first big trip. So that was about five, that was about 10,000 Ks there and back, which is about 6,000 miles alone by myself. Wow. Um, but yeah, I would have had a fair bit of experience. I've stayed away from sports bikes. I've owned a couple of really fat, like the R1, the Yamaha nice. R1. Yeah. Um, but I just they're, – they're scary and, you know, a Harley for me is just – it's a nice middle ground, middle ground. you know. Yeah, and you're not, you're not forced to, to ride fast and on a sport bike you, you almost can't ride it slow. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. Well, they're, they're, I, mean, how, they're, I mean, they're fun, you know. Yeah. But how easily can you – I mean, you know, riding – I think all riders accept that, you know, there's a chance that you're going to be seriously injured or, or killed. You know, that's, that's what can happen because – but you've got to try and minimise that as much as yeah. you can. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Like riding one-handed in the rain with a GoPro <laughs> so in one yeah. of the hardest rides in Scotland. But, you know, on a chopper with no speedo, no mirrors, no indicators, no fuel. Blah, blah. That's why we watch it, man. <laughs> just that touch of chaos is just, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, like you said, like if you're on a perfectly good street glide, yeah. you know, it just everything works well, you, you know. You you uh, recruiting people to push you. You got to park on top of a hill. You got to, you know, and, and not many people think about that. You know, everyone takes a, a road trip in their car and they have to be here at 530. We're getting lunch at you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it's just so, uh, you know, there's an agenda you got to follow. But yep. for you, you just start the bike and let's go that way. You know, some guy said to me, you guys, can I have a copy of your itinerary for this trip? <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Dude, I've got nothing booked. <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing tonight. I know what I'm doing tonight. Tomorrow? You have a general I, idea. I think I have a general idea. Nothing's booked. Yeah. And I'm going to go have an adventure. I'm going to go do some filming. Absolutely I don't, awesome. And that's why I can't do meet and greets. You know, Matt, you'd have these people want to meet you all the time or whatever. And uh, I mean, I don't say that in, an, in a, like, look at me, look at me. But I don't respond to stuff because I just can't 
I, I would hate people to be waiting for me somewhere right. and I don't turn up. I'll give an example. Yeah. When I lost my drone in the Himalayas, I spent about nine hours on a ru- rubbish tip looking for my drone. <laughs> if I'd organised, <laughs> me- you know what I mean, I just couldn't make it. So that's why I just do, you know, one-off, you know, a quick meet and greet here or there yeah. and then get on with vlogging because it is hard work on the – like people say, are you on another holiday? You know, <laughs> adventure mode of vlogging is no holiday. Yeah. It's, it's hard work. Absolutely. But it's fun. Yeah, this is probably like a month or so ago. I see this video, you know, riding a Harley Davidson with Gucci Girl or something like that. And I was like, okay, who's Gucci Girl? And so I watched this video and this girl starts strutting up to your bike in this like white little short little mini skirt, like having the designer purse and all the designer stuff. I said, there's no way that girl's getting on the back of his bike. Ain't no way in hell. And then all of a sudden she's getting on the back of the bike and she's doing all these crazy adventures with you like – um, in clothing that's definitely not what people, most people would deem as appropriate for a motorcycle, which adds even more to the entertainment value, to your point. Um, first of all, where, where do you meet this, where'd you meet this girl? And like, she's cut from a different cloth. Like, like comment a little bit about Veronica. Yeah, look, uh, I met Veronica after Big Brother and, you know, I was on that in Australia. We'll um, talk more about that very yep. soon. Um, she hadn't dated for a number of years and she saw me on, I guess on TV and, she just reached out and once you've been on a show like that, being a single guy, you do get, you know. Offers. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, Serious offers, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we, 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 had a, we hit it off. She, she just wrote the nicest letter. It was sincere. It was sort of like I haven't dated for a long time and just very authentic. She's very authentic, Veronica. Um, and I told her I ride motorbikes. And um, I said, you need to deal with it. That's what I do. And she said, well, I, I don't. I said, well, it's not going to work. And I took her on my first adventure and she rolled up with a fairy dress with <laughs> like this pr- – and she's, you know, she's a leggy girl and she's five star. She's, she, yeah. she used to be a prof- – she was on the world circuit tennis. She was a professional, she was a professional tennis player. Oh, wow. um, yeah. So she's a five star girl, wears all designer labels, yeah. comes from money um, and – I took her on her first vlog and we went through a rainstorm and she just loved it. <laughs> she just it was crazy. And we've sort of, we've been, she's been on a number of vlogs now. And yeah, I was surprised when she showed up for the second trip. I was like, wow, this girl, you know, she took a, I don't want to say took a beating, but she, she took it like a champion as far as like the hardcore adventures. Cause when you're out there on the road, well, yeah. sometimes not even a road when you're out there in the dirt, it's it's hard stuff. Like I take my wife for an hour ride down the nice highway, and she's like, "Oh wow, you know this, that was kind of a rough ride." Careful, <laughs> careful what you said. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, <laughs> she, hopefully she doesn't watch this. But <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So she was back for round two and three and four, right? Yeah, yeah. She she doesn't whinge at all, and, and I don't like whinges. I mean, I don't complain myself. That's a bit of a joke. <laughs> um, but but no, she doesn't complain, and she's. I mean, you've got to looking for content is. Sounds a bit silly, not silly, but you've got to poke the bear to get the content. And Veronica is easily wound up. She's a very opinionated, very strong. She knows that she's a woman. Like she's not to be crossed. So, you know, I can say I'm the camp leader. I'm the boss, and she'll look at me. And she, I won't say, you know, she swears so much. It's so bad. I've got to edit her out. And she's, <laughs> she's so raw and authentic. And after that first vlog, I knew that I had a great partner, mm, you know, yeah. as, as a girlfriend. And yeah. also as a motor vlogger to come with me on on my adventures. Um, and, you know, she's – yeah, she's outside of her comfort zone. Like she'd never been camping before, never been in a wow. tent. And, um, you know, it was 40, you know, over 100 degrees this night. 
and she decided to sleep outside because she wouldn't get in the tent because she said it was more of a sauna. And she counted 154 mosquito bites that she had all over her body <laughs> the next morning. Jeez. You know, so she's tough. She's really tough. Yeah. Um, well, major kudos. If you're watching this, Veronica, like you earned your stripes in my book. Like mm-hmm. that's pretty impressive to get out there and do that. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty awesome. I, I take it she's going to ride with you in the future then. We, sh- we can expect to see her on future vlogs then. I can say in this series, um, let's just say I'm picking up a couple of passengers. Okay. That's, that's, that's all I can say um, to, to make it more fun. So, yeah. Yep, definitely. Let's talk a little bit about YouTube in general. What do you love about YouTube? What do you hate about YouTube? And, and any of the, I mean, you commented a little bit about people saying things that are kind of like, yeah, you should be riding on the GS. <laughs> and uh, what's been your relationship with, with YouTube? And, and you comment can, section, do you, huh? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, or just the platform in general. Like, do you plan on continuing with YouTube yep, in the yep. future? I'm here to stay, and I'm here to ride Harley Davidsons until awesome. the day I die. And I'm 49. I've just turned. Yeah, I'm 49. So I reckon I've got a good 10 to 15 years left, and I'm only just warming up. Like I'm nice. just figuring it out. So, um, as my daughter said, look, people inhale YouTube content like air. Mainstream TV really is going to be a thing of the past. And YouTube is, one is it's authentic, it's informative. You can search any topic you want on anything and figure it out. Um, And it's entertaining because you get real. You don't get scripted. You get real. And people want real. In the fake world we live in, people crave authenticity. They they truly do. Well said. And I think these big companies that are, they need to get up to speed because – I'm not saying this because, and I don't really see myself as one, but some people would say that I am an influencer. They would say that you are, Matt, as well. And I'm not. You know, no. Okay, Steph, it's <laughs> not. But <laughs> I would say you are. In the, in the Harley world, you're yeah. definitely an influencer. But, but the, these executives need to understand that they don't want a celebrity superstar. They want someone that they can relate to that isn't going to lie to them. You know, when I took the Pan America for a ride, I gave it a really hard time. I gave it a really bad review, okay? And the reason I did was, one, is it's not designed, f- I don't think, for a really short rider like myself. It's a heavy bike. Also, when I was in real situations with it, when I dropped it and tried to pick it up, I snapped the plastic grab rail off and the stand kept sinking The stand kept sinking into the sand. Now, I talked about all of that. I now, watching that. Now, a sponsored... Here's the thing. I've seen this done before. A sponsored where Harley is sponsoring a bunch of influencers to ride their bike, they're not going to show that stuff. So people will watch my stuff over that because they know with Danny Hayes, he's not bought. I don't get paid by Harley. I don't get paid by anyone. I do it because I want to show real. But on the same token, I don't just bag out Harley for the sake of it because, you know, let's all jump on that bandwagon. I yeah. want to give positive content and I want to make people laugh and have fun. Mm-hmm. I think Harley Davidsons are the toughest motorbikes on the planet. I have brutalized my road king, and I was saying to Matt, "This is true. Listen, to, this is a true story." My CVO Rogue Light. I just had the one. People bag the one thirty one kit, right? They've probably never even had it installed before. But just, you know how people just love to bag stuff, right? Yeah. I had the one thirty one kit installed after people saying it's shit and reading reviews, right? With a five forty SNS cam put in it and, and some other bits and pieces. My first test ride was nine thousand Ks. <laughs> right, my first ride on it <laughs> with the new one thirty one kit, new cam. New, new full system, 146 horsepower. It was putting at 155 pounds of torque. 9,000K ride 
in about 105 degree Fahrenheit, mm. right, for 13 days straight. And I was talking, let's talk in kilometres, right? Well, let's talk in miles in the US. But if we went to the fish and chip shop and I ordered a dollar twenty, a dollar thirty of chips, or or a, the, the burger cost a dollar thirty, I was eating that burger for two, three, six, eight, ten, twelve hours a day in a hundred and ten degree Fahrenheit, and that motor, if if was is perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I brutalized, and that that was hardcore riding. Yeah. You know, extreme conditions, and people say Harley's a shit. It's not. Yeah. It, they're, they're just not. The Harleys I've had and my Road King, if you've watched my stuff on that, I mean, that bike is in – I mean, you know, I've ripped the motor apart. I've ripped the pulleys off. That's been my own fault for riding over rocks and trying to ride it up a mountain. But it's indestructible. And we've just had suspension fitted to it for the first time. Um, and I'm about to put about 10,000 Ks on it in the next two weeks. And I'm going to push it. You know, I'm going to actually try and blow it up. I know it won't happen. <laughs> But I'm going to literally see if you can blow up. I'm going to call the vlog, can you blow up a Harley Davidson? <laughs> and what gets me, so I'm going on a rant here, Matt, but, but what gets me is that some people, even some dealers occasionally, will say, oh, he's showcasing the bike in a bad light. My God, I'm showcasing how tough it is. 100%. It's man. a tough bike. And, and if you don't believe that, watch the 883, me trying to ride it up a river, up a mountain to Everest. Not not just an hour. I've taken it for a quick test ride. We're talking for weeks and at a time. Not even checking the oil. Just yeah. keep running it hard. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah. Just just running it hard. Running it hard. So just from that light, that's why I ride Harley Davidsons. For me, yeah. the reliability has been rock solid. Danny, I love, I, I love it. I love what you're saying. Um, I, yeah, I've seen some of your videos where you had your green Road King and you were taking it off these gnarly, like, incline off-road trails and dumping it and picking it back up again. And, um, yeah, I mean, what what bike can really take – I mean, that especially bikes that weigh that much can take that kind of a beating and just keep going. I mean, we were just down there looking at your bike and just, like, the bumps and bruises. You're – yeah, every dent and ding has a story to it. And, mm. yeah, you've put that thing through hell and back. I've and, had and I've had oil coming out the headlight. <laughs> I don't even know if that's possible. I don't even know how that happened. Stefan, you're 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 in, you're, you're intelligent, more intelligent. How does oil come out of the headlight? Just just possible on your bike, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I I was just in the operations room at your bike, and uh, we made preparations to have all possible parts available when disassembling the forks. And we just need some new bushings and seals, and that's it. All the tubes had been straight. So they're all going to be back in the shelf, uh, no yeah. bolts bent and uh, that the stuff. The technician said to me, and look, this isn't a paid ad, I swear to God, it sounds like it doesn't, it sounds like, oh, God, this is, but even he said he can't believe after four years of me owning that bike and he couldn't believe how straight, the, what are they called? The, the, the fork tubes. The fork tubes, yeah, yeah. the fork tubes. He Every, said he couldn't believe how straight yeah. they were. I've, so, I've you know. never had a fork being that dirty than yours inside. Yeah. So all all uh, all the the old oil and the debris, but everything was straight and perfect to to be reused. Mm. And we used as many old parts as possible. Yeah. Yeah, for your budget. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I agree with you. You know, people say like, "Wow, you're you're beating Harleys up, you're abusing them." I mean, I think that's showing Harley Davidson's in a good light. You're you're demonstrating the durability of them. Real quick, we don't spend too much time on this, but yeah, talk a little bit about your your big brother stint and how that happened, and you know, has that done anything for your channel in the way of like, your moto vlogs? Short version, 
I breached a border on my Harley Davidson. I vlogged it. I talked to policemen to let me cross a border. In Australia, we locked down all the borders. You couldn't cross borders. During COVID. During COVID, yeah. this, I said I needed new... I said it was on compassionate grounds because my motorbike, which I loved so much, needed new tyres. Um, and I vlogged it and he let me cross to get new motorbike tyres, which I did. Of course, I uploaded that content to YouTube. Uh, a current affair, which is, you know... When, when you're on that show, that's not a good thing. <laughs> um, they they said that I was, you know, it, well, the heading went like this. It says, we're all in this together. COVID-19, that's, an, that's unless, of course, you're a cocky real estate agent from Geelong, Daniel Hayes, and, you know, who thinks the laws don't apply to him. But as a result of that and the way I handled myself in that interview where they were trying to bring me down, and I find that in life, the higher you climb, people just want to drag you down. Yeah. Um, a big brother producer saw me, liked the way I handled myself. And, um, yeah, I was asked to apply. They, they, they fast-tracked me through. I ended up on the show. Um, the show aired for 63 days. Um, I was on there 62. I got evicted just at the end. As a result of that, I was asked to go on to the celebrity big brother. Um, and, yeah, there's, you know, this has helped my channel. I mean, it's given me greater exposure. And um, um, People found you, your YouTube channel, as a result of the show. I think so, Matt. Look, it, it didn't grow by the hundreds of thousands. I think before I went on, I was at about 70,000. Um, and, you know, look, it's just hard work. It's, you've got to grind. It's just yeah, grinding. There's is. no magic bullet. It's not like, oh, you've been on TV mm. and, oh, you know, you know you're a successful YouTuber. I think 99% of my followers are Harley Davidson enthusiasts or motorbike riders. I would agree with that. So yeah. it's just a little 1%er, but it was sort of it, – it was nice. Yeah. Well, so talk a little bit about what brings you here to the United States. Um, you're going on a ride, obviously. Um, you just got back from the UK, right? Which were amazing vlogs, by the way. Well, I just went out to get some milk. In <laughs> <laughs> and, and a, and a sportster, right? And hire a sportster for a little bit. That chopper. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, go. Yeah, yeah. So I was going to say, what, what's your plans here? And, um, you know, we've, we've outfitted your bike with the Wilbur suspension. And I'm sure that Stephanie can comment a little bit about that. I already talked no, a little I bit won't. about this No, is, I won't. This is not a Wilbur's commercial. <laughs> and I don't want to put it into one. No, no. Well, I, well I, it's, it's not a commercial for me either. But yeah, I, I love the stuff. I yeah. ride it on my bike. And I don't get paid for it from Wilbur's. They're, they're tight over there. But, um, yep. yeah, I, they're they really awesome. are. <laughs> their, their stuff is awesome. It speaks for itself. So I, I'm sure you'll love it. Oh, well, I have it on my CVO Road Glide. Oh, that's right. I forgot uh, about that. Yeah, yeah. How does and it do off-road? <laughs> he, did, he didn't tell you know me. He no, didn't tell me. You know what? Here's the funny thing. I said to myself, because I spent $20,000 on that motor, I said I'm never taking my Road Glide off. My first ride, that first 9,000K ride, <laughs> within two hours, was dropped in the mud. Nice. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Um, I couldn't help myself. But can I just say this? This is what's sad. I'm just going to say this, Matt, anyway. You can edit it out if you want. But... You know, I said this, they're called road glides and street glides, leading to the connotation that it's smooth. And my opinion is that they're not, that most people that are serious riders um, will put aftermarket suspension in, on it. And, you know, I, I think that's, for me, that's disappointing. When I put, uh, I put Wilbur suspension on it, for me, night and day. Cornering was better. You don't get that coming into a corner, breaking a bit, bit of a wobble, that's all gone, just rock solid. Um, so that's something that I don't get. I, I don't get that, 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 and I'm sure a lot of people, you know, your comment section will go mental on this, you know, we'll pay the money to buy a road glider or a CVO or whatever. But you know what? 
just fix the suspension. Yeah. Now, I just want to say something good too, because I just rode a spork light. I was lent it in Manchester. It was incredible to ride. I don't know what they've done to the suspension on that thing, but that was amazing. It's a soft tail, yeah? Yeah, it's compl- I mean, it's a mono shark. It's a completely different design. Yeah, look, potato, potato. It doesn't matter yeah. to me. <laughs> I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but yeah, I just, um, I think Wilbur's, the, the, the company was built out of, Stefan, correct me if I'm wrong, that the company was built on the fact that they couldn't afford to upgrade the engine, the, the yep. so they thought the next, be- the, the next best thing was to upgrade the suspension it because you can get better handling, better cornering, better times, and that's how the company commenced, correct? It's, it's ba- basically the founder, Benny Wilbers, he was a race driver, and he couldn't afford an, an engine tune because it was just way too expensive. And then he thought of upgrading the suspension in order to keep up with the with the other riders, and that was basically uh, the the founding of, of the company about 30 years ago. Yeah, they have a race history, which we don't need on a Harley Tourer. Well, up to now, we don't need it. Uh, with the performance baggers, maybe we do need it. Yeah, there's this whole trend nowadays. Yeah, but that's a different thing. So the, the, the suspension that we all ride, it's nothing for a performance bagger because it just looks stock. With the Wilbur suspension, you can physically see the, the difference. Yeah. I'm not saying that, that, that Wilbur's, because I haven't, uh, you know, I want to be fair and I want to be real. I've not had Olin suspension. I've not had Legend suspensions. So yeah. I can only talk about Wilbur's. But it is night and day. And I say to anyone that has a road glide or a street glide, if you want to get the most out of that bike, is the salespeople should be selling up suspension straight up. You know yeah. what I mean? Even before an upgrade kit on the motor. Yeah. Like get the suspension set correct because it is a different – it is, swear to God, it's a different bike. And I can't wait. After four years of riding my Road King, and we haven't – ridden it yet i'm going to ride my today, road yeah. king today with proper wilbert suspe- like top end suspension on it so that's pretty exciting so yeah. thanks Stefan, for doing that you're yeah. welcome but i, I think i think we should focus on the story behind the whole thing and not about the the company and the brand and that thing well, the story because is that you keep putting money in mine and matt's account mate and we'll keep talking about <laughs> <Wilbert>. <laughs> that's the real story <laughs> let's get that shit happening bitch <laughs> I haven't got my check yet, so maybe you got yours. I didn't get my check. But. You won't get it from me. <laughs> Definitely not. But uh, a big shout-out to Patrick. Patrick was kind of a small milestone to make this happen because he uh, noted to me that you were talking about your new CVO and uh, wondering whether – no, not wondering, just announcing to upgrade the suspension. And that was my time to get in contact with you and uh, giving you the chance to test it. Well, here's the thing, and Stefan knows this, and this is a good and bad thing. If the suspension fails, and I'm about to go full-on remote, right, on the Road King through Mexico <laughs> and, 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 and through the Zion. Is it called Zion or Zion? Zion. Zion. Yeah, potato, Zion. potato, whatever. You know, Zion. you guys are just so finicky about that stuff. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go full loose cannon rogue on my Road King, and if it fails, I'm going to film that. And you're going to yeah, say absolutely. it. And I'm going to say it. And you're going to find call. me. No, no, I'm not going to do that. But it'll just fail and I'll say, you know. But some people might say, well, it's not designed for that and that's fine. But don't underestimate things. I, you know, would you, would you ever thought you could put a road king through what I've put it through without things falling off it and snapping? And it just, it's still 99% all there still. Yeah. yeah, but I'm, I'm not scared anymore. I was scared when I saw the first pictures that you, that you sent me from the CVO. Because I thought it's going to be a road bike. 
And then and then you sent me some pictures before you edited them of the river crossing, and I said, <laughs> "Oh my God! I hope this it's thing. It's a boat. I hope <laughs> this thing, this this thing will will survive." Yeah, well, right. we'll find out. I guess right now I'm I'm more relaxed. <laughs> There's a little bit of us that want to see you fail. But that's just for better content. Oh, yeah, but, but maybe not because <laughs> of the suspension. Maybe, yeah, 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 maybe yeah. because of something yeah. else. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> maybe it, a headlamp, a broken it, headlamp. Yeah, it's, headlamp. It sounds wanky, but it's not about achieving, you know, it's it's not about the destination. It never is. It's no. Whatever you think, it's like, oh, I want to own a Porsche or I want to get a Ferrari. When you get it, it's never ever, or the girl of my dreams, it's never ever going to be as good as what you think it's going to be. It's the chase. Yeah. It's the lead up to getting there. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? That's yeah. the adventure. That's that's the journey. It's not the. I know it's it's cliche, but it's never the destination. Yeah. So if it breaks down, it just breaks down. I've got to get it fixed. You know what I mean? It's, it makes yeah. content. I'm a YouTuber. It's not going to break down, but the funny thing is, that <laughs> that <But> we'll <laughs> see about that. I'll be the judge of that, yeah. Stefan. <laughs> and then I let's see how it goes when I ride it off a cliff on yeah. fire. Yeah. Hey, you think I'm joking? Yeah. Wait till you see that thumbnail. <laughs> hey, that'll get clicks. Road King off a cliff on fire yeah. with Wilbur's suspension. Yeah, yeah. will <laughs> will survive? I'll just push it off, Stefan. I'll just push the Road King know, off a cliff. I know. Let's I test. Know. Let's really test the Wilbur suspension. I had a hard time getting all this fixed for today during the last four months. So the funny thing was I'm going to push it off a cliff, mate, in Zion National Park, <laughs> mate. It's going off a cliff. Go ahead. Do, do, I, it, do I, it in I, the I, desert, okay? Like we, we get kind of territorial about our national parks around oh here. Yeah. Like they, they may put you in jail if you push off yeah. the cliff inside. Out, outside the national park, yeah. But when when you called me the other day and then just letting me know what your plans are going to the UK, where I already already thought of uh, traveling there and meeting you, and then and then from UK I will go to South America. Yeah, I will fly into LA, and with the LA, it made a click. And I said, "Wait a minute, do you know Matt Laidlaw? Oh yeah, I love his content. Well, he does as well. What about doing a meet and greet or a podcast, something like that over there? Yeah, that would be great." And I thought, "And uh, what about getting a proper suspension for your Road King? Yeah, that would be great. Let me just make a few phone Walk calls." Strings and. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we are good friends. So I just texted you, are you still awake? It was early in the morning, German time. Yep. And then I put you on uh, on video. And you were in your pajamas. It was already <laughs> really <laughs> late at night. And I was still in my pajamas because it was early in the morning. So it was... We a pajama party, huh? Yeah, it was a pajama party <laughs> Getting weird. Across, across the Atlantic. <laughs> I think I had my Snoopy pajamas. Yeah, yeah. It's even weirder. And it was just, I was seeing you, uh, you said you are awake while you're wearing your pajamas. And I, I just um, asked you, what do you think about that uh, that idea? Well, you said million dollar bogan. I said, absolutely, I'm on board. Let's yeah. do it. I don't care what it is. Just yeah. bring him and let's, let's get him in his happen. pajamas. And yeah. 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 The, the, the thing with the suspension, you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah. you know, you might just think that the Harley suspension's fine. Just it's not about suspension. It's about pyjamas now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't detour. I won't pay you that much. That Hit me up on the next FaceTime pyjama party call. <laughs> so let, let's, talk about, let's, let's, move, let's shift a little bit here. So let's talk about where you're going to take that suspension. So you said you're going to Zion and you're also going to, into Mexico as well, right? Yeah, obviously I'm not going to detail too, too much. Obviously Mexico is not the safest place to go. Um, I, I don't know. What I'm going to do, Matt, to be honest. Okay. I know that I'm looking for an adventure. Yeah. One that I always have rule 
there's there's a couple of rules when I go. Rule number one is do not die. That's just like rule that number rule. one. Yeah. And the rest is really what whatever goes down on film and and I'll, I'll put into content. But I, I would like to write to the very bottom. I think Panama City is the next. So I'd like to write all the way down and basically all the way up and and have some fun along the way, um, and and do not die. That that's really, you know, what, what I'm about. And doing okay. it on the road, King, to have my own bike in, in the US, and and to ride riding it through Mexico will just be, be amazing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, yeah, and Zion's beautiful as well. Yeah, that, um, that's well. You 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 put me onto that. I watched your vlog, yep. and I looked at your shitty cinematography and thought <laughs> I could actually go over there. I helped with that. He <laughs> 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 just, 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 just spent it at two people. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who has more subscribers here? <laughs> Matt, Matt does. His, his bike's on the lift down there, right? It's yeah, not, it's not yeah. quite done yet, right? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Shall I just made some make some preparation? We might have to do a couple other adjustments yeah. to the bike yeah. before he goes. Make sure yeah. that it's not the suspension that breaks, but something different. <laughs> Wipe off the blue. Loctite. <laughs> no, but no, I mean, your twist on it is going to be fantastic, I'm sure. And, and if you have time to do Bryce Canyon as well, like I will. You, you told me to do three things, I'll do all three. Okay. Um, so that was, you know, the Zion, a yep, Angel's Bryce, Landing hike, and then Angel's Landing. Angel's Landing is in Zion, yep, yeah. So, yeah, do that hike. Yeah, there's like a chain yet. If you let go, you're going to fall off the cliff, basically. So, it's sketchy, but it's safe at the same time. You'll only have one hand on the chain, yeah, 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 yeah. cool, yeah. No, so, I'm looking forward to it, yeah, yeah, right on. People don't like calling themselves influencers because there's negative connotations about that, but like it or not, I mean, you're an influential figure, I think in the Harley Davidson world. I'm just curious, has anybody from the motor company ever reached out to you or um, wanted to, I guess, facilitate your content or have you at an event or anything like that? Yeah, they, they do all the time. They offer to fly me around. They give me free bikes and, <laughs> and they just say, Danny, go into any store and just pick a bike out. They When I landed in the US, they offered to get their Harley-Davidson private jet and fly me to Milwaukee and give me a private tour. <laughs> so they've cool. been really awesome. The corporate team, they, <laughs> they love me a lot. They do that to you too then, huh? They do, yeah. They do that to all the big YouTubers. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. I mean, man. thank you, Harley-Davidson. I love you guys. No. That's, that's enormous, man. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm like a big fish. They call me the Marlin. The Marlin's <laughs> in town. The Marlin is in town. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, listen, Matt, you never... I never started a vlog to to be – life isn't about getting patted on the shoulder and saying we love you. It's very hard, you know. You know, I don't expect Harley Davidson or anyone to say, you know what, you, you've done a lot for our brand or, or – well, th that's a lie. I guess if, if we well, – this is, this, is like this is like a rabbit hole you could go down. Yeah. The question really is, is close to 30 million views – all Harley-Davidson-related content, mm -hmm. a 98.6 thumbs-up rate. Yeah. Popular channel. If that was my business and there was someone out there doing that stuff for my brand and my product, I'd grab him on the shoulder and I would at least, if they knew that I was coming to the US, it does hurt me. And this is, this is, if you leave this in, this is where your comments will blow up. It does hurt me that someone from Milwaukee didn't grab me and say, hey, Danny, we'll fly to Milwaukee, we'll, we'll take you around the factory. You know, you really – because I have on camera, you know, more than 100 people, not saying that it was just because of me, but I influenced them to buying a Road King or I influenced them to getting an upgraded Kit 131 or, I in, you know, I influenced because I spoke highly of it. I just talked to one three hours ago. 
Yep. So he bought a Road King because of you're a Road King. Yeah. So I hear that time and time again. So I have a day job. I'm a real estate agent. It's not about money, nothing like that. But gee, it just sometimes it would be nice, you know, being in the US if someone said, hey, man, you know what? Just you're awesome. We love your passion for our brand. Um, and when you, when you get nothing from that, we talked about it, sometimes there is like a disconnect. And it's the way I, I am, I'm in business as well. There's sometimes a disconnect from the very, very top. You've got all this middle management. That's where all the ego is. You know, they're out to prove to the who they are. And then you have the people on the cold face, like yourself, the sellers. I'm a consumer. Um, and there's a disconnect there. And yeah. I just think you've got to join the two. And, and there's opportunities that I think Harley-Davidson miss. And, you know, I think, you know, the adventures that I'm taking bikes on, um, I think, I, I think you know, for me it just – it does – not that I whinge about it in my vlogs. I, I, I don't want to have a vlog that's negative or – you know, let's talk about how shit Harley Davidson's it, or, or you know, blah blah blah. You, I mean, you love the brand. We've established that. Yeah. And and I mean, that, it sounds like you're always going to love the brand. You're going to continue to ride Harley Davidson. So we all know that you're not trying to bash Harley Davidson here. And no, you know, you do live, you know, in Australia, which is kind of far from Milwaukee. And I'm not making excuses or anything, but um, yeah, I, I know a couple of people. I'm gonna I'm gonna send out some <laughs> emails. And I know that's not what you're asking for. No, but, but here's here's why. Because I love your channel. I believe in it. Laidlaw's Harley-Davidson supports you in, in your efforts, you know, uh, maybe not monetarily, but, you know, um, you know, obviously you're here and, and, and I appreciate you coming here. But, um, yeah, maybe maybe it's just... Matt, well, Matt, the only reason I came here, and I'll be honest, is because I've watched your reviews and you've not always spoken. You, you're, you're, you're being more honest. You're, you're, so we're not looking for, for garbage where... All you talk about is how positive something is. You've got to balance it out because nothing's perfect. Wilbur's suspension will not be perfect, okay? So I've, I've watched all your stuff because I want to get information and I've seen you sometimes talk about stuff like this isn't good enough or I don't like this. Yeah. So when you hear that from anyone, you take it on board. You're employed by it. You work for it. You, that's what makes your income. Yeah. So people value that. You can't buy authenticity. Authenticity is authenticity. It's real. And, and like YouTube, people inhale that. I just, I think Harley Davidson, you know, and I'm just going to, you can edit this out again, but, you know, I don't think too many people relate to Jason Momoa. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They don't. Yeah. But I reckon they relate to Danny Hayes. Yeah. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. And, you know, point, point I just want to get a free T-shirt. That's all I want <laughs> is one free <laughs> T-shirt, okay. Maybe maybe with an autograph of Johan Seitz. No, yeah. Johan. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Willie G? Willie G still alive? Isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Willie, <laughs> you listen to this, <laughs> <laughs> Willie. I'm coming in Milwaukee. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to get you a laid last shirt. From what I what I hear <laughs> out there, and and from what a lot of the customers see and do that come from all over the walks of life, from all over the world. They come into our dealership for a t-shirt. A lot of the people that watch our channel, and I'm sure yours as well, is the adventure that you take. We, we, we sit on the couch and we're watching like, oh man, he's going up through the Himalayas and, and the two-lane life guys as well. Like mm. They're out there doing these trips all over the States. You're going all over the world. And I mean, that's kind of what Harley Davis harley davidson's about it's the freedom machine you want to get out there you want to you want to take a two-week vacation three months and just put thousands of miles on your bike and like you said it it's not the destination it's what you come across how good is that feeling yeah right 
You pull up. It's early. I love riding early morning. You wake up early because it's the best time to ride, right? The Absolutely. sun's coming up and it's just quiet. There's no wind. You fill up a tank of gas, $30, $40, and you've got 300 kilometres or 200 miles in front of you. That's, for me, it's just... A full you tank. Can't, you can't buy anything. you just got a full tank. It's cheap. Yeah. And off you go on your yeah. adventure. Yep. You know, that's... I think that's the essence of any motorbike rider, not just Harley Davidson, but yeah. But I think it's here even more about the community. Absolutely. You, if you see a Harley parked somewhere, you you immediately stop by, mm -hmm. you look at the bike, you talk to the other rider, there's all of a sudden a certain connection. Yep. Absolutely. You look at the license plate. Oh, he's yeah. uh, Alaskan license plate, yeah. Australian license plate. Hey, you know, it's that thing that, that experience you get on the road and the camaraderie you see with not only on Harley Davidsons, but people that are actually out there in the sticks doing what you're doing, you know. Yep. So it, yep. it's really cool. So um, yeah, well, you know what, Danny, I, I think maybe you don't have enough subscribers yet. I think maybe when you hit 150 or so, then maybe Harley Davidson will reach out to you. <laughs> you know what, Matt? <laughs> Keep grinding, you know, brother. You know Matt, I'm going to be grinding, and and if you know how determined I am, I don't quit. I've actually just had that tattooed behind my ear. It says it says don't grunt because he got the word a bit wrong. So <laughs> supposed to say don't quit. No, no regrets. <laughs> yeah, no regrets. <laughs> you know, quite frankly, you know, I think you're probably not that it's a big comparative you know contest, but I'm sure you'll pass me here pretty soon. I mean, the stuff you put out there, and we were having this conversation earlier. The stuff you put out there is hard. It's very very hard to produce. You know, if if someone wants to do it on a like a, a commercial high level stuff, like if Harley Davidson was to want to do that the production crew and the flight tickets and everything that oh, would cost them massive amounts of money to do the, the traveling you've done on the Australian continent. And in the UK, like they don't, they don't have the budget for that quite. And they, they don't want to have the budget or even if they did, they wouldn't spend the money to do that. So to have a guy like yourself putting that out there, um, I mean, to me, that's of high value to them. The editing, it's you, as you know, it's all in the edit. And, you know, people say to me, you should outsource your editing. You can't. Yep. It's like I can give you a blank canvas. I can give you guys a canvas and we all have the same paints. And we could all say, let's draw a picture of that motorbike. We're all going to have different looking motorbikes. It's the same with editing. Yep. You, you, if you watch my vlogs, you'll know it's me. There's going to be some dramatic music in there, a bit of slow motion. You know, I'll, I'll always have a bit of a montage. Mm -hmm. My montages can take six hours. For a yeah. two-minute clip, just to put yeah. that together, then I've got my montage. Then I'll go into storyline. There's a theme, but you know, I do it for the love of it. I I don't want money. I don't want a motorbike. I don't want. But it would just be nice for someone to say from a high level to say, "Hey, you know what?" Or if if they had like a a Harley had like a top 100 club where they're just they're people that just promote the brand. But so here's the problem, Matt. Here's the issue. I don't always wear safety gear. I don't always wear gloves. I don't always wear it because I don't follow I don't follow the status quo. I'm yeah. a misfit. I wear black. I'm that true Harley fucking rider. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So sorry, I'm not going to tick all the boxes of some guy that's worried about, you know, getting the brand in trouble. I, I think I am the essence of what Harley was. You know what I mean? And And I still think they're worried about – we need to keep evolving and changing. I don't believe that. I believe the, the younger – would you say younger people, they still want to buy the the the, the tourers and the, and the sportsters and the, it's still – I don't know. I think there's nothing yeah, wrong with it. There's like a masculine bond with machinery that you get with Harley-Davidson and like you said, like that misfit, you know, buck the system, counterculture atmosphere that Harley brings and people, people want that. They want that image and – 
I, I really feel like people still come in here and they're still, whether they admit it or not, that's still an aspect of Harley Davidson that they want. And that, that helps, that helps Harley Davidson sell more motorcycles really at the end of the day. So I agree with you. You're, you're hundred percent right. Um, so yeah, we'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, I really, really appreciate you coming out here, Danny. It's been a pleasure meeting you, man. And um, it's been a highlight, Matt. Truly, it has coming here, meeting you, meeting Andrew, finally meeting Stefan. Yeah. Um, the guys have all been super nice to me. I watched my bike, you know, worked on, and um, you know, I can't believe you've thrown in a three one thirty one upgrade for free, <laughs> and you put in the cam and a- that new seat, you. heated seat. Just, you've just thrown it all in. And Milwaukee said, just put it on our tap. Yeah, yeah. We're Ask and you shall receive. Yeah, Thanks, right. Harley. <laughs> yeah, no, Harley just said, hey, you got you got million-dollar bogan coming. Whatever you need, Matt, yeah. <laughs> we'll give you the we need, it, we need his road cam hey, for the, for can the I museum. Just, can I just say one quick thing, Matt? Just want to say one Yes, sir, quick. anything you want. People people have said, oh, because it's not that I, I'm not rich. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not. I've worked hard. I just want to say something. I haven't drank or drugged. I got clean and when I was 19. It's in my book. So I don't waste money on alcohol or drugs or anything like that. Some people say, oh, well, he's got the money to trash a Harley-Davidson. It's, it's not true. My Harley-Davidson isn't a bike I ride. And I know all Harley riders aren't like this. It isn't one that I ride on a club day or on a hog day or for the Christmas toy run. It's an extension of myself. It's going to get banged up. It's going to get used. But I love my – talk about the – I love my Green Road King. Like I love it in a – yeah in a weird way. You know what I'm saying? It's part of me. And was talking before, I don't know if you've had this experience, you, you might have and some of the listeners might have, but sometimes you can ride so long, and, and I'm a long-haul motorbike rider, yeah, I can do 1,000 Ks, 1,400 Ks in a day. It's like you bond in the rain. I remember being in Scotland on the chopper. I was leaning down, and it was, this sounds really weird. I'm getting weird here, right? Please do. <laughs> but, but I felt that I'd become one with the bike, and we were moving around the corners and shifting, and and the sus- I was in tune with the suspension and in tune with the bike, and also, and it was there just was, there was no suspension. On there the was chopper. no suspension, <laughs> but I had, my my body had to adapt. So my legs were on the pegs, pushing my bum up a bit to give me a bit of. So it was like I'd become one with the bike, and yeah. it was an. Um, I don't always have it. But just it was just it's a be- it's amazing for me. That's just something that I know exactly what you're. Do talking. you? One hundred percent. It's almost like you become one. It sounds Absolutely. wanky. It sounds no, some no. people are going to go, man, get off the. You, you've been no. smoking too much weed, but no. you, it's almost you become one. Yeah. With it. You know who you're talking to, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. everybody in this room are diehard motorcyclists, <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. Harley Davidson, and we've all been there. We've been in the rain. We've been you know. It's kind of like bike. that that feeling exactly where you're just in tune. I had that same. Same exact thing going through the canyons and and um, in Carson City, just outside of Virginia City. Just exactly what you're talking about. You, you, the hum of the motor. You're so in tune with the bike. You're not really thinking about anything. Yep. You're just in that moment. Yep. I, I know exactly. Your lines are perfect. Yeah. You just you just you you've just sway, you lean here, yeah. lean there. Yeah. It's like you've become. It's like you've morphed into the bike. Absolutely. And you, it sounds like something you had a Lines on the road. Like, and yeah. Is that we, we, my arm becomes silver and dives into the tank? Yeah. Like off Terminator. Yeah. When you, you know the liquid <laughs> yeah. guy. Yeah. It's like you morphed into it and you yeah. started. And I did that. I had that experience in Scotland on the chopper. That's this so is awesome. an eight eight three slapped together bike. Mm-hmm. But it's just being in tune with the bike. And that's the magical yeah. thing that I think motorbike riders get. Yeah, 100%. And you've, and you've got to be a rider. And mm-hmm. I'm not just talking about taking it out, you know, once to, just to say I'm cool to have a Harley, but being a rider, a long-haul rider, yeah. 
that's magic. Absolutely. And, and I'm in love with that. I think I think you just articulated it very well. You know, it's that connection of human and machine and that bond and that raw machine that Harley Davidson is. Um, just that connection. That's why we love Harley Davidson. That's why we like motorcycles in general, but especially Harley Davidson. Absolutely. <laughs> and especially in this room. Yeah. <laughs> and I love you. And I love you too. <laughs> I love you. Love you too, man. I'm out for this. I'm out for this. <laughs> I love you all. I love you all. <laughs> well, we're going to go on a pretty cool ride. Um, you know, I would be amiss if I didn't take Stefan and Danny out on kind of a local ride that I like to go that's kind of down there by San Clemente where I live. So we're going to go down. We're going to go to Cook's Corner, which is one of the most popular biker hangouts in Orange County. Um, I don't know how crowded it will be tonight, but, you know, We'll probably go there. You know, I know you've been craving more hamburgers, so we'll oh, get you yeah. another hamburger. So healthy, you know? <laughs> living so healthy in America. Yeah. Well, if you want a body like mine, you gotta you gotta start you gotta putting away the burgers. You don't have to worry because it's self leveling. So eat That's your true. hamburgers. Yeah, yeah. No, we can go somewhere else. Actually, um, we'll figure that out. But um, yeah, there's there's kind of a cool little road. Just the paparazzi flashes hurt my eyes. I yeah. just hate it. <laughs> People swerving and yeah. But, um, yeah, I think you'll like it. We'll, we'll go down there. We'll probably go down next to the coast, you know, California coast a little bit. And, um, yeah, again, appreciate you coming out, Danny. Appreciate Thanks, you sitting down and doing this podcast with us. It's, it's dude, honestly, it's, it's a pleasure and an honor. I never really thought I'd ever meet you because I'm not going to Australia anytime soon. Not because I don't want to, but I got this, I got family, and I, I don't, yeah, it's just hard for me to get to Australia. One day I will, though. And when I do, I'm going to come see you and you can show me around. No, thanks, Matt. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, yeah. Stefan. It's been awesome. Yes. I've loved it. Great I've, having I've, you, I've loved being here for the day. It's been yeah. just awesome. Thank you. Right on. Well, we look forward to the, the vlogs. And guys, if you don't fin if you don't right now, follow Million Dollar Bogan, Danny Hayes. I'm going to link all his socials up here. Follow him on YouTube. His YouTube channel is easily one of the top most entertaining Harley Davidson vlog style channels out there. No question. So I'm going to be linking his stuff in the description below and uh, up here in text. Thanks again, Danny. And uh, we'll, I'm sure hopefully our paths cross in the future as well. No worries. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Safe guys. travels. Okay. Later.